Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Mass Mayhem. It is episode 20. Holy crap, we made it to the 20th episode of the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, Joe, and Mike, and joining me is the snickering Tune Master, Tim. Hello. Hello. Well, we have made it. It was it was tough this week to get through some of the episodes. We, we only, as of this point, ladies and gentlemen, I know we took a two-year hiatus, but as of this point, we have ten episodes left of this podcast after this. Oh. Episode 30 cannot get here fast enough on the podcast. Oh, my God. Um, Just to let everybody know ahead of time, you may want to not play this episode of the podcast when you're at work, on speakers, or anything else, because I guarantee you I'm going to be yelling at some point during this episode or the episode in two weeks in episode 21, because there is some crap that happens in these cartoons that should just never fucking happen. (laughs) Oh my god, it is so bad. Half of who I we we've tried to look at the the writing credits for this show. Um I don't even remember if they even li- I that's the thing. The episodes are so bad. I don't even remember seeing titles in the like I know there's no titles in the the actual theme song intro, but like as soon as the episode comes up, I honestly do not remember if there are titles and credits in the beginning, like you would like, like in G1, you see the return of Optimus prime written by blah, 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 blah. You know, you see that. I don't know if mask has that. And, and people say the season two, the racing season is really bad. It can't be any worse than what we're already watching. (laughs) Well, that remains (laughs) to be seen. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much worse it could get. Uh, I was actually hoping that, you know, I, I just kind of have this vision of what 
season two is going to be like because it's called the racing season and mm -hmm. i know there are some characters and vehicles we haven't seen yet so i'm thinking oh you know i wonder how they change things in season two and maybe it's going to be more interesting because the, there'll be those uh factors in the episodes but if if it's any worse yeah we're going to be suffering pretty badly um and what you were saying about the title cards yeah they don't they don't list the the title of the episodes during the episodes so that's one of the things uh I have to do in preparations for the episodes is, uh, yeah. you know, I usually go back to the main menu on the DVD uh, just so I can write down the title because they don't have a title card. They don't give a writer credit or director credit or anything per episode, that is. Mask, I, I know there were executive producers because I believe there's a, um, I believe there is a bonus feature. Um, there's a retrospective featurette on the final on the volume six disc from Shout Factory, and I believe um, at some point before, like like when we do the season one recap, I'm gonna have to watch that and see um, who the guys' names are because I know Brian Ward did talk to several of the people who were involved with Mask, but it seems like to me it, it's like year. Okay, did you ever read the? This is this isn't off topic, but this is. This is going back to our childhood. Had you ever read the Hardy Boys case files as a kid? No, I did not. The Hardy Boys case files, Hardy Boys books, are basically they're young adult books. They're uh, about these two brothers who do detective work in a town called Bayport, and they end up going. Uh, it's basically, you know, an amalgamation of Sherlock Holmes and James Bond and any kind of detective story you can think of. Um, but they're they're high schoolers. They're seventeen and eighteen, and whatever else. And uh, they basically do PI work for their father, Fenton Hardy, who um, is an actual you know private investigator. So when I'm reading these, I you know I, I see all the you know I as a kid I see the author's name, Franklin W. Dixon. Years later, as an adult, I would learn that Franklin W. Dixon does not exist. The Hardy Boys Case Files books were a number of one of a number of children's books or young adult reading books that were made by this consortium of basically nameless and faceless people. Mm. Think of it as okay. the MMPA for books. Uh, the MPAA for books. Uh, that's what Mask feels like to me. It feels like, and I know we mentioned that Chuck Lorre has has writing credits on or whatever else. Um, but it's one of those things where it, it, because they don't show the episode name, they don't show any kind of credit at all. Every other 80s cartoon does this. Um, this is the only one to my knowledge that doesn't or the only one that I've seen that doesn't. And it makes me think that it's just, it's just some consortium of faceless, nameless people just coming up with crap to give us. I loved this show as a kid. And it's not even that I'm going to say, oh, well, it doesn't hold up. Because well, it it doesn't, but that's beside the point. The point is watching it in what it in the moment where it was supposed to be in the eighties. Even then, I'm surprised that there were PTA groups not screaming at Deke for airing this show. They're oh god, so bad. Yeah, it's it's a fairly harmless show, and I wonder what the deceit. It's fairly harmless in terms of it's not. Uh, overly violent. It's not the the plots aren't too complicated or complex for for kids to pick up on. That's what I meant by saying that. But 
Yeah. I wonder what the precipice was for not having the title cards and not giving the writer credit during the episode because like you said a lot of other shows did do that um, yeah. or at least had a title card mm-hmm. absolutely and and I you know if you look at the ending credits uh, we talked about this on an earlier episode but there are a lot of writers listed uh, mm-hmm. you know as having uh, worked on the episodes for the series so you know they had quite a extensive writing staff uh, I don't recognize a lot of the names. You know, we we talked about Chuck Lorre being one that was recognizable, but um, the other ones I didn't recognize. And you know, you and I have watched a lot of cartoons, and and none of those names really popped out. No. You know, we're you know, you and I are doing this at the same time that Optimus Solo and I are trying to get through Tales of Eternia for the Master for the He-Man show. Um, honestly, out of the two. He-Man has bad moments. He- He-Man has bad writing moments. He-Man has bad plot moments. But they make a hell of a lot more sense than anything that has come out of Mask to this point. Yeah, they do. It's it's uh, it's pretty interesting to compare them and see the differences. And, and you look at that and you say, okay, well, what is it that He-Man is doing that Mask isn't doing? Um, and he I think you have just a... Yeah, you have a good... good caliber of quality writers on that series um that drew from a lot of different inspiration and it's not just the same plot devices over and over again i mean yes there there are some plots that that kind of repeat what's been done Mm -hmm. in the episodes in he-man 2 but it's not quite to the extent that's done in mask and then you also have a really good uh voice cast as well and a good variety of characters and they and they do add some depth of the characters in some of those episodes, which really haven't seen much of that in mass. They're pretty much just, you know, cardboard characters. Uh, you know, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy, and there's just not much depth to them. I think between this episode and 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 the episode in two weeks, episode 21, we have a total of maybe six or seven new characters uh, that get zero introduction or explanation. Um, you know, we just get the computer telling us why they why they should be on that mission. Uh, so it, it's going to be an interesting two weeks with episode twenty and twenty one because we've got a whole lot of new stuff coming up. So we are going to get to the episodes after this. Let's see what the computer has to say. Data scan indicates two sets of prints. Sample number one dates from year eighteen seventy eight, belonging to legendary outlaw Jesse James. Oh, boy! Then this has got to belong to Jesse James. It's one of those ten-gallon hats. How do I look? You've got another five gallons to go. Fingerprint sample number two dates to this year, belonging to contemporary outlaw Miles Mayhem. Mayhem. Wonder what no good he's up to this time. Historical data based on input reveals possible motives. In 1878, James Gang robbed shipment of bullion from Wells Fargo Stagecoach. Current value... Ten million bucks of bullion? That's a lot of chicken soup. The gold was never recovered, and the robbery remains unsolved. It was rumored that the James Gang had a secret hideout in Carlsbad Caverns. There's something about that map we saw on the wall. That's it! Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Ace Riker, former test pilot, ancestry, Cherokee Indian with knowledge of Old West, vehicle code name Slingshot. Dusty Hayes, 
Dr. Sato, mechanical expert and toy designer. Experience in cave exploration. Vehicle code name Rhino. Selection complete. Alright, first up today is Quest of the Canyon. Mask goes to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico, uh, where Venom plans to steal the lost treasure of a legendary gunman of the legendary gunman Jesse James. Oh, uh, another. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give them props. At least it's not in a friggin' foreign country. At least it's in America. <laughs> I knew you were gonna like that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give them props for that. And I actually had to look up the Carlsbad Caverns because a buddy of mine, uh, Doug Abel, who does Talking About My Generation, he is actually living in Carlsbad, but he's in he's in the California. There's multiple Carlsbad ones. So I was curious to see if this was Cali the California desert or the New Mexico desert. And it turns out to be New Mexico. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the plot of this? Uh, I feel like, uh, we've seen this before, kind of, um, mm -hmm. I, I did like the setting, uh, I really thought it provided a good background for the story, and actually, I mean, I just like the backgrounds in this episode, anyway, mm -hmm. I thought, uh, thought they looked great, and I, I kind of like these sort of settings, and I think it really works well in a series like Mask, mm -hmm. so that I liked, um, but overall, um, I just kind of sat back and enjoyed this one, but I didn't really enjoy it so much for the plot. <laughs> no. And, um, yeah, no, I... <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, stuff, what um, we have a new team member this time around. Who's on the teams this time? Yeah, this is pretty cool. We get Ace Riker, and he's driving Slingshot. Um, so he's called up, and then we... Uh, we also have Bruno Shepard on the Venom side. He's driving uh, a vehicle called Stinger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool seeing new Mask members and new Venom members. Um, you know, I, I like that. Again, they're not doing a whole lot with the characters, but it's good to see some variety here. Um, and and I, th I thought the vehicles were pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, the, the new vehicles. Yeah. The new vehicles are great. The new masks are really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as plot, there's nothing yet. We are. Uh, let me look here. This episode, quest for uh, quest of the canyon, is the 48th episode out of 65 in season one. They we are 48 episodes into this series. They. And I, I understand the 80s wasn't about character development. It, it isn't like how cartoons are written nowadays. But no, not at all. you would think by the 48th episode, you would stop doing the random T-Bob joke or the random Scott joke or putting Scott in peril. Or you, you would think that they would do all this stuff by now. You think that they would learn and maybe grow that like what I would love out of this series. I know I'm never going to get it. Even though I haven't watched the rest of the episodes, I automatically already know from the 47 previous episodes, we, episodes we've talked about between you and Optimus Solo and I. We get zero the, – the only background we get on the original Mask members, uh, Brad, Dusty, Bruce, Alex, and Hondo, because um, Matt's a whole other ball of wax. Uh, all those guys, we get – okay, one of them is a history teacher. One of them loves animals. The other one is a toy designer. Uh, one of them's a rock star. 
what is uh, what is uh, Dusty's a, a a ranch hand or a wrangler or something or other? I, I don't. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce seems at, to be an inventor or works at yeah, the university I, I or mean, something. We we get like one or two lines telling us what they do, and I would love it. I would have loved it if some of these mask episodes would have gone into their lives or had had Venom try to go because Venom doesn't care. Venom doesn't know who any of the masked members are. Uh, there was that one episode where Miles found out that Matt Tracker was 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 the leader, but then they you know conveniently erased that with, with a you know the, a plot device the size of the goddamn Matrix of Leadership. Um, you know, oh, yeah. God. If they could start off some episodes um, by following one of the mask members or something, you know, like uh, we mm-hmm. talked about Bruce, you know, he's an inventor and maybe, you know, he's working at the university on some invention and then mask gets, or Venom gets wind of that device and wants to get their hands on it. And then they lead off from that and then bring in mm-hmm. Matt, maybe some other mask members at some point, uh, you know, find different ways to, bring the characters in and also to profile some of the characters more rather than, okay, you know, Matt is off with Scott and T Bob and, you know, in Africa this week or Australia, uh, or we're in China and then Venom just happens to be there as well. So it would have been nice if they could have thrown in some of that variety. If you look at, um, like you said, with the powers of Grayskull, the He-Man, uh, podcast that's going on, Mm. you know, you have every day, We rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Orko, and, and he's kind of a goofball. You know, sometimes his his uh, spells don't go very well. And they, they've done things with that. Or they've done things with uh, Man at Arms. You know, at one point, he decides that uh, he's going to quit his job because uh, one of his machines backfired, and that mm-hmm. that you know gives you a moment to um, spend time with that character and then make him realize how valuable he is uh, to to the team and uh, right. and and develop the character throughout that episode. And we just don't really see that type of development in the series. No, not at all. So we are. Hopefully going to be able to turn the high beams on. I don't know. Maybe somebody broke them. We'll see after this. All right. Turning on the high beams. Here we go. A borrow ride. No thanks. I'm with T-Bob on this one. I have never cared for four-legged animals you can ride. Now, let me, let me justify this. All right. <laughs> when I was 
Um, somewhere between four and six years old, maybe seven. No, yeah, between four and seven years of age. Um, my dad and my uh, future stepmother uh, took me to their friend's farm in Massachusetts that had horses. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a farm. It was probably just a house with stable. Yeah. You got all kinds of people on the, you know, on the Cape and on, you know, on the South Shore, you know, before you really go inland into Massachusetts, like where the farms really are. But, you know, you've got houses that have, you know, horse stables and all, all this and all that. Right. So I, for the life of me, because of the cerebral palsy, could not get on the damn horse. When I did finally get on the horse, they, they, my, my dad helped me get up there and get on there. I was... I just couldn't handle the height, and the horse threw me. So, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of elephants, horses, zebras, any any four-legged animal you can ride. I have a safe, respectable uh, respect for that those animals from a distance. I, I don't mind, you know, going up to a horse and patting him, whatever else, but ain't no way in hell I'm getting on a horse. So I'm with T-Bob there. So that is one good thing. Um, yeah. I have a similar story too. I was probably around nine or 10 when I got on the back of a horse for the very first time. And I was kind of excited about it. But then, as you said, like as a kid getting up there, it, it was just like, whoa, this is up really high. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if he threw me or if I just wanted off at that point. But that's the last time I remember being on a horse. I, I haven't gotten on one since. I'm almost... 35 years old i haven't gotten on one since i was somewhere between four and seven and i never will like i said i have a healthy respect from a distance for the animals but no way in hell (laughs) i ever get back on a horse i would much rather go on a damn helicopter which i have I, i did do as a kid i would much rather do that and be you know what five seven five seven hundred feet up in the air you know flying over a city than than riding a damn horse. Um, so the scene switches because, because that's the thing they, with this episode, they have a, a storyline and a B storyline. The A storyline yeah. is the mass team going off and splitting up and searching for whatever the, you know, they're searching for venom and whatever else. And Scott and T-Bob are on this B storyline with doing all these outdoor activities. Um, so, we go back to the A storyline and we see Bruce in the cave and um yeah, he's about to have himself a catastrophe, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he just about gets his foot bitten off by this puma. Yep. Which didn't exactly uh, quite look like a puma, I thought. It was it was a pretty big cat as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or a little um, little bigger than it should be in scale. Yeah, possibly. Um I it took me a few moments to write this line after the scene. I had to actually pause the disc and figure out if I can really, really write this and give props to these characters. But holy shit, Scott and T-Bob actually did something right and stopped Venom before Mass got there. Because they, which is surprising to me because T-Bob never whispers. Scott will whisper every now and then, but T-Bob is always too damn loud. And I'm surprised that Venom never hears him. But they go around and do all these things to the vehicles to, so, so they won't run. Um, first of all, how does Scott know how to do all this crap? I know he hangs out with his dad. I know he hangs out with the mass team and he sees them repairing vehicles. But, like, this kid is 
how old would you say he is? I would Nine say ten. I would, yeah, I would say close to around ten. By ten, that would be maybe fifth or sixth grade, something like that. I, I don't know. I it just I. As much as I enjoyed them finally doing something right, it, it's still I still have to call it into in question, though. Um, yeah, but I I kind of like that uh, that they keep that consistent throughout the series because he is always tinkering with T. Bob, so it does mm-hmm. make sense that he's somewhat right. mechanically inclined and that he can get under the hood of a car and you know know what things are, know how to disable. Uh, you know the ignition, or you know, d- uh, disconnect the the gas lines, or whatever. Um, and, you know, and his dad is Matt Tracker, who has some sort of mechanical knowledge as well. So, I, I kind of like that. Um, they they use it a few other times during the series as well, where he's able to mm-hmm. disable the the Venom vehicles at some point. So, yeah, I I thought that was a good way to bring them into this episode and and uh, have Matt have Venom. Defeat, defeated by mask. Yep. What did you have for highlights on this one? Uh, I liked uh, a lot of the animation in this one. I thought it was very fluid. Um, I like when uh, Matt blows up the rock with Thunderhawk's guns as they're going mm-hmm. down the canyon. There's uh, a rock block in the way, so he uses a gun to blast that out of the way, and I thought it was really well done. Um, and then we're also in the cavern. There was one of those carts on the tracks. And, of course, that's, uh, that's when Bruce almost loses his foot to the puma. And, of course, the tracks aren't finished yet. So. It looked like they... It, it didn't look like they weren't finished. It looked like part of it was destroyed. Yeah, that, that's what it was. It was destroyed. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah. they were kind of pointed up. And yeah. we go into the commercial break at that point, wondering what's going to happen, but... Bruce Bruce's mask is called Lifter, so yeah. we know he's going to be able to get through it. <laughs> uh, but that was pretty cool. And then um, there was a really cool transformation of Switchblade in this one. As I was mentioning, there's some really good animation in this one. Um, mm-hmm. And we see the transformation from like behind and underneath Switchblade, which we have not seen before. It was just really cool seeing the transformation from that angle. I thought it was very well done. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're going to turn on the low beams after this. It's one of those 10-gallon hats. How do I look? You've got another five gallons to go. I have got a long list for low beams. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I I only have one written down. Okay, go ahead. So, so yeah, Mike, my low beams, I only have one. you know, there were issues with the plot and this one and so forth, but I kind of liked how the A storyline and the B storyline um, weed together in this one. Um, but low beams, I mean, Spectrum, it's a very powerful mask. I understand that. It has some amazing powers. But I don't understand how it knew which cave contained the gold that they needed to go into. Well, it detects sound detects some sort of sound waves and I guess the sound waves from the vehicles maybe. I think I think that's how they explained it. Okay. Well then I dismissed I, that part. I don't know. <coughs> Alright. <coughs> well <coughs> while I lay dying over here. Um 
<laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 124 edit point. I just hope I remember to edit it. All right, so for my low beams, T-Bitch is a damn robot. He shouldn't be exhausted at all. He is a machine, for the love of God. <sighs> complain, complain, complain. That's all Scott ever does. There's a, there's a scene after T-Bob is complaining he's exhausted, and then Scott starts complaining about something, about not being able to go on the mission, or, yeah, I think that's what it was, or... Or that there's nothing to do and blah, 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 blah. I wrote this down this way because I didn't remember the name of the of the um, the pilot. But, uh, boo, Slingshot has the same voice as Rax. Like, I get it. They're on a limited budget. They can only pay actors for three roles. Yeah. But the guy that, that pilots Slingshot, his voice and Rax, it's the same voice actor. It's It's pretty much... The same voice for both characters. I didn't didn't quite like that. I've had that same issue with some of the other characters um, and some of the other new characters that will be introduced to here pretty soon. Um, mm -hmm. One in particular uh, that's voiced by the guy who voices Alex in the series. Mm -hmm. And for a moment, I was watching the episode, and you know, I'm I have my head down taking notes, and I hear the voice, and I'm thinking, oh, it's Alex. You know, he showed up, and it wasn't. It was the the new guy, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, the voice acting in this one. You know, sometimes you get voice actors that can do a, a good job of playing two or three characters, and you you can tell it's them, but you don't just right away pick it out. Um, they do a good well, job are, of changing yeah. their voice enough that you don't pick up on it maybe immediately, especially if you're if you're a kid. Um, but in this series, yeah, it's sometimes they're not very distinguishable. Nope. Not at all. All right. Uh, too many puns, Bruce. Way too many. The entire time he was in his mine adventure. Way too many puns. Oh, yeah. Um, this is something that's going to come up later, but it also came up here. This episode took nearly... I actually looked at my timer when Venom finally showed up. It took nearly 12 to 13 minutes out of a 22, 21-minute, 22-episode... 21, 22-minute episode... For Venom to even show their faces, yeah, you know that's uh... it, it seems to happen quite frequently too. I mean, I've noticed that is that we we d won't see uh, any of the Ven Venom members until after that first commercial break. Yeah, um, and then Miles Mayhem himself has he never he. He acts as if he, if, as if he has never seen gold before. Um, the last 11 episodes of the show or something, he has been on gold searches and he has seen gold. There's a point when they find the treasure and he's like, ooh, shiny. I know. Like he never <laughs> saw it before. It's like, seriously, dude? Like, you... Whatever. I know that caught my attention, too, because he's just like, wow. Just, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I've never seen gold before. I mean, I mean it would be different if this was his first gold hunt, but he is he has been hunting for gold for the past 47 episodes off and on. And it's something that's going to come up later. I don't know if it's going to come up later in this episode or if it's going to come up in episode 21 in two weeks, but... It's one of those things where there's another part of of his um, of, of Venom in general 
that I completely call into question for as to why we even need them in this series. So, uh, and the PSA for this one was don't read without proper light, which is very, it's a very good PSA because, yeah, no. Reading without proper light is not good. Yeah, it was kind of cool, too, that Scott was reading about Jesse James. Yeah. So it tied so, into the episode a bit. Yeah, so at least it tied into the episode. Uh, what are you going to give this one for a rating? I, I know you're going to fall over in your chair when you hear this. <laughs> if you give it a four, I will reach through my computer and punch you. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready to reach through the computer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like this one. I mean... For for this series, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, like I said, I was able to just sit back and enjoy this one. I mean, maybe it's because it's the first episode this week, and I wasn't mm-hmm. cringing at this point. You know, I kind of had a fresh perspective going going into it. But uh, animation was was good. It was cool seeing some new members. Um, I liked the background, so I I gave it a four because I thought it was above average for this series. Now. Again, it's not great, but it was enjoyable. I gotta give it two out of five masks. Um, it okay? Uh, sure, it took place in the U.S. That's great, but it's the same damn plot we've seen in the like I said, the last not eight, nine, ten, eleven. They're looking for gold. They're looking for yeah, venom. <sighs> is all about the get-rich-quick scheme or get, get enough money to take over the world, yet they never get enough money. And you got to think about this, though. How, how much money are they paying or having to try to steal to be able to you know, do the upkeep on their vehicles? I mean, vehicles don't last as long. And especially with how many times... Any of their damn vehicles. Okay, Matt. I can, you know, Matt and Mask. I can forgive of this because Matt is a philanthropist. He is a friggin' billionaire. It's a little different because he has money tied up everywhere. So, but Venom. It's like, okay, sure, you want to go on a gold search so you can have money, but you're never gonna get it because Mask won't let you. It just, I don't know. It's gonna come up again. But two out of five. This one was just. I'm tired of them trying to make T-Bob human. He's not human. How about putting some goddamn character development to Scott as the human character? Yeah. Um, I mean... Uh, it's, it's very let's... frustrating when you see them pushing so hard to make T-Bob have these human characteristics. And he shouldn't. It's a machine. So we are going to go to the next episode. Improve, Mr. Mayhem. I be seeing the treasure of Brian Baru with me own eyes. Who is this Brian? What's his name? Sounds like a two-bit thief to me. Probably one of your relatives, Rax. Shut up! I want to hear more about this treasure. According to the legend, King Baru left behind a lost pot of gold, and I found it down by the rocks, just like I told you. You told me. Now get lost. Rex, Tiger, prepare the vehicles. Vanessa, check our supplies. We're leaving immediately. But what about me share in the treasure? What do I get? Your life. You'll not get away with it. May the curse of a leprechaun's thousand fairy darts pierce your black heart. If ye be disturbing the gold, guarded by the weed. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. 
At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People. Gee, I sure hate to get stuck with them fairy dots. Enough foolishness. Let's get the treasure now. So does everybody have their lucky charms when they were watching this episode? Because it's time to follow the rainbow. This is episode 49 of season one. Venom goes to Ireland to find the treasure of Brian Boru at the end of the rainbow. That's literally what it says. (laughs) Oh my god. Um... Uh, let me think. I, I, um, okay. It's an Irish episode. Yay. Um, again, a gold search. Okay. I, I, I know usually when, you know, the whole, you know, fall the rainbow leprechaun thing comes up, it's kind of funny. It's kind of cool. But what it boils down to is another boring gold search episode. Yeah, it, it's played straight. It's just another gold search. So, you know, we're in Ireland. We've got, you know, the rainbow, the lucky pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and they just don't do much with it. I mean, there are other series that would have a little more fun with that or find some interesting dynamic and way to play off that sort of story. But here we just play it as a straight gold rush or gold search. Yeah. Uh, who we've got several new team members this time around. Who was on the teams this time? Uh, we have Julio, uh, who is on the mask team. He drives Firefly. He's an international missions expert. Um, where the heck has he been? He's also a doctor. <laughs> he is also a doctor, and and he shows up in uh, some later episodes we'll be talking about. So uh, we'll see yeah. more of him. But um, so we have a new member there, and then we have Calhoun Burns driving Raven. Um. And when he's called, it's kind of cool. He gives water to the horse, but it's just out of reach. <laughs> so he has to go back and move the bucket for the horse. And then uh, on the Venom side, we have the regulars. We have Rax, Dagger, and Vanessa, along with Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing to the plot here. I mean, uh, nothing. You don't even, like... It would have been nice if they thrown Lucky in there, or if they thrown the Tricks Rabbit in there, or some you know some mythical creature instead of just Matt being shrunken down to look like a leprechaun. Well, they uh, yeah they do that. Uh, not sure what to think about that. And then they also have this <laughs> curse of a leprechaun's thousand fairy darts. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. They um, they talked about that. There's this guy Mike um, who basically leads Miles and Venom to the gold. Uh, he knows where it's at, and of course they're supposed to give him a share of the treasure. And 
they're going to cut him out and give him nothing. So why did he even bother to tell Venom about this in the first place? If he knew where the treasure was, why not just take it for himself? What was he going to get from Venom? I mean, okay, if you know where it's at, you can take the whole thing, or you can tell this terrorist organization, and they'll give you half of it. That makes no sense. No. Um, and then, but one, one of the things that was kind of interesting to lead off is um, that there was the rainbow, but there was no rain. Yeah. So we, we knew right away that it was some sort of hologram. Yep. Um, and it was not truly outrageous. No. <laughs> so we're going to get to the high beams in a moment. Boy, I wish we had the Thunderhawk instead of this rented car. Level one emergency. Select best agents for mission in Ireland. Oh, boy. The fighting O-Trackers to the rescue! You're half right, Scott. Only your half will be safe at the farmhouse. Julio Lopez, occupation, position, vehicle code name, Firefly. Expertise lies in international missions. Architect, vehicle code name Raven. Amphibious vehicle could be essential. Selection approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Advise, also need Thunderhawk for this mission. All right, we are turning on the high beams. What do you got? There were, there were some pretty cool things going on here. It was really nice seeing Boulder Hill again, even though it was just for like a second or two, yeah. because we hadn't seen that in a long time. Uh, there was also an interesting technique that Venom used to uh, get a couple of vehicles out there to the gold site. So Switchblade actually drops down um, Jackhammer and Piranha mm. down. It, it actually, you know, Miles flew them in and then dropped them down. That was kind of cool. Uh, Scott and T-Bob took a lot of shots at each other this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott was calling T-Bob D-U-M-B, and then T-Bob was commenting that Scott could eat uh, a double cheeseburger every minute if he could. Mm-hmm. T-Bob was actually useful in this one, too, I thought. Uh, they turned him to a surfboard, uh, and then, because they were, they were caught out in the water uh, near the rocks mm-hmm. in the surf, so... Um, so T-Bob turns kind of he turns into a surfboard, and then once he gets close enough to the rocks, then he's using his arms to extend from one rock to the other until they can get to land. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to to use T-Bob in this episode instead of just you know shoving puns down his throat. True. Um, and then there was a really good shot that Vanessa took at Rax as well. She says. Uh, Something like close that mouth of yours before a bat mistakes it as a cave. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. So, what have you got for high beams? Um. Hey, Raven! I had that toy. <laughs> Finally, see Raven in the series. Oh yeah, you had that one. Cool. Yeah, that was the one I had. I had that one versus uh, Thunderhawk. Um. There are way too many bad puns, and that's what half of my notes are. Yeah. Honestly, is is the puns. 
sheep scalping, uh, training razor, steel wool. Um, and then Scott says, my four, or uh, T-Bob says, my four-leaf clover. And Scott pipes in and says, you mean our four-leaf clover. Uh-huh. Scott didn't even want to believe in the luck of the Irish, let alone, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, I do like Matt's line at the end, they leprechaun venom. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, other than that, not much, honestly. Um, this episode is, it's alright, it's fun, but at the same time, there are some pretty, uh, some pretty bad moments in this as well. Yes, there are. <laughs> so let's go turn on the low beams in a moment. Get in, Rax, before I change my mind. Alright, getting to the low beams. Way too many shaving puns. Yeah, and what's the deal with Matt developing these shears? He develops some shears that take, like, half the time that it used to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, T-Bob's intelligent talk. Uh, no good. Just stop. Stop. Yeah, that was... Uh, wasn't that after he... Kiss the Barney Stone or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, this is like the millionth time the Switchblade is down, yet the next episode, I guarantee you, it's back up and running. Um, yes, that was one of my low beams as well, because it was smashed pretty bad in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seriously, Matt allows Scott to go off on his own or back to their hotel or wherever by himself. Such bad parenting. Oh, my God. What do you got? Well, you covered a lot of the ones I had, but just in general, this episode is just a mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, things are just thrown together, it seems. Uh, We have Mike, this Irish guy in the beginning, and he knows about the treasure, like I said, and he was going to, well, he, he was hoping to get half a cut from Venom. And they give him nothing, and you think at some point he's going to return during the episode to inflict his revenge and, you know, get back at Venom, and he just disappears. He never comes back. Nope. Um, and besides that, the battle was lackluster. Um, again, we get Venom doing nothing more than chasing down some lost treasure of gold. So yep. um, just disappointing overall. They didn't, you know, do something more with this one, but... Again, we didn't have high expectations going into it, knowing what the uh, the title was. We knew, we knew there was going to be uh, golden leprechauns involved. It it could have been worse, but it it just was not good. No, not at all. What are you going to rate this one? Uh, I'm giving this one two masks, and that's being very generous. <laughs> one. Uh, too many shaving puns, just... You know, you say this episode was supposed to be fun. I had no, like, I, I laughed maybe once. And I think it was at the very end when Matt did the Leprechaun Venom trick uh, 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 line. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the time, it, it was just horrible. So it gets a one for me. And then we, um, we have the PSA. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't use lighter fluid, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no lighter fluid, kids. No, 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 no. Yeah, keep those kids away from your grill. 
Yeah. Pretty much. So we're going to get to the last episode of the day after this. All right, Rex. Now, Stiletto, fire! This is Cape Canaveral. General Wilson promises you full support. If you need anything, just ask. But I have to tell you guys, security has checked this base thoroughly, and we found nothing. Thank you, Tower. We'll keep that in mind. Now I suggest you clear the area of all support personnel. Roger. You figured wrong, Mayhem. Defense mode. Look out, Phantom! Mask is here! Countdown at T minus two minutes. We have a hold on the test. Personnel, stand by. Mask reports intruder alert. Those meddlers, Rex, hit the override. Countdown resumed. Now let's get out of here before that shuttle fries us like hot dogs on a grill. Vanessa, she's all yours. Rendezvous as soon as you're clear. Activating launch controls. Rax, get mask off my tail. Give me half a chance. Teach you to mess with an ex-test pilot. Where'd he come from? Finally up today is episode 50 of the series, The Everglades Oddity. So, we've had two episodes of the show in this podcast that take place in the U.S. That's two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, being in Ireland, I don't mind what I mind when, when they go overseas is if they go to China one too many episodes or if they go to the same place one too many times, or if they just go to a nondescript jungle too many times, you know, that's when I really mind the overseas location stuff. Um, going to Ireland, just them having the episode in Ireland didn't really bother me at all, but the Everglades oddity. Matt Tracker is bitten by a venomous snake, and while he recovers, Alex Sector must lead the mass team to stop Venom's plan of stealing the NASA space shuttle. Okay. All right. Um, and that second that that part about the space shuttle that is so secondary to the other part of the story, and I, I did mm -hmm. not expect that. We spent a lot of time with. Matt, having been bitten by this snake, you know he's he's in the bed. Julio is is helping him out and telling him he needs his rest. And um, you know Alex is put in charge of the mission. And and of course Matt isn't going to listen to Doctor's orders. <laughs> no, uh, he still has to get involved. But uh, the whole deal with the space shuttle, even though we lead off with that, with the two kids finding this, you know, seemingly the space shuttle. Um, mm -hmm. in the Everglades it's not it really isn't um, 
Venom wants to steal the space shuttle, and it's a threat to national security, as Matt says, but we don't really understand where Venom was going to go with with that in this in this plot, as far as I'm aware. It just no, it was just staying in there. Yeah. They don't Venom other than stealing the space shuttle, they have no nothing is explained about their plot of what they're gonna use the space shuttle for. And when they go to when um Matt and the team or Alex and the team go to uh stop Venom um it's one of those things where, uh, you know, crap. It's one of those things where uh, whoever stops the shuttle from going anywhere, they take off the bottom part of the shuttle, and then Vanessa crashes the actual shuttle. So I have no idea. Um... We have no idea what the hell they want it for whatsoever. It's not even explained. Yeah, it isn't explained. I mean, that's, you know, there are a lot of mysteries in Mask, and that's one for the viewers to decipher because I watched this episode and I kept wondering, you know, what's the deal with the space shuttle? Why does Venom want that? Uh, you know, why would they go through all this trouble to have a cardboard mock-up in the Everglades, which I don't really understand why it was there yeah. to begin with. Maybe it was part of their training or something, uh, but then that doesn't really make sense. Uh, I thought it was it was interesting going into this episode, and you see the space shuttle, or what is supposed to be the space shuttle, in the Everglades, and you're like, oh, well, that's that's kind of interesting, you know? How did, how did that get there? And, and not only... You know, how did it get there? But then you're asking, well, why isn't every government agency trying to track this thing down? <laughs> um, because obviously, if it, if it were missing, everyone would be out looking for it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you get past that, then you're just wondering, why? Why is Venom after this? And, and the question is never yeah. answered. So it's a big plot hole in this episode. Yeah, it very, very much is. And that's not a good thing at all. So I think we are going to hit the high beams in a moment. Thunderhawk computer, code 1330. Computer, recommend personnel best suited for this mission. Dr. Julio Lopez, essential to monitor team leader tracker, vehicle code name Firefly. All-terrain specialist, vehicle code name Gator, well adapted to marshy areas of Everglades. Ace Riker, pilot, space missions expert, working knowledge of shuttle spacecraft, vehicle code name Slingshot. Alex Sector, pre-selected, will replace Matt Tracker as mission leader, vehicle code name Rhino. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Turning on the high beams. Holy crap, everyone, stop what you're doing. Stop listening to the show and just notice that Matt is actually spending time with his son. It's a miracle. It's a fucking miracle. Oh, my God. I I love that this episode opens with them flying planes together and... 
We just had an episode about warning children to not use lighter fluid. Why the fuck is T-Bob manning the grill? I know. I thought the same thing. (laughs) That's my plane. Looks well done to me. You fried my plane. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it is not okay for robots to grill. (laughs) No, not at all. Especially when the robot's name is T-Bob. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I love how they made made Dagger crash into the tree. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, and the fact that he's in charge this time around, it's very cool. Something, uh, he made the team select very cool. And also very – having someone else other than Matt in charge because obviously Matt is laid up with this venomous snake bite. Um, it was really kind of refreshing honestly. I agree. I I like that dynamic too. Now, it's kind of a low beam for me as well because I don't feel like they were able to do enough with it since Matt didn't stay in bed. He got mm-hmm. more involved with this one than, than he really should have. If they had just let Alex be in charge – take control of the team and have him be the one to uh, make the calls that defeated Venom. I think that would have been really awesome. That would have made this a standout episode. But, um, you know, as it was, they basically kind of pushed him to the back in this episode and and let Matt take all the glory. So I was a bit disappointed that they they didn't take that a step further. Yeah. The... um... The funniest thing might be the funniest thing out of this whole series coming from T-Bob. He's driving Thunderhawk. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the coolest thing that outside of the theme song and the original episode 1 team meeting, that might be the coolest thing out of this entire series. <laughs> what did you have for high beams? Well, besides Alex being in charge, uh, the other thing I did like, as you mentioned with T-Bob, that um, you know, he was kind of able to jump in here and, and help out Alex uh, and the team by using his radio to call for help to Thunderhawk. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you know, the computer in Thunderhawk was able to take it from there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, also, when the mask members are being called up, we get Julio again in this episode. Mm-hmm. I do not know what uh, that guy in the karate garb was doing in the dressing room. It was really I, odd, didn't you think? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. He just he just steps in the dressing room, and then Julio takes off, and the guy steps back out, just like, you know, wondering where he went. But just like, I don't understand the setting. I don't understand what this guy is doing, you know. Oh, you know what? Maybe Maybe he was in the doctor's office since Julio was a doctor. And maybe yeah. maybe he gotten undressed and he got oh robe yeah or something. yeah yeah that's that's what it was yeah, yeah, yeah. okay um and it was also kind of funny when Ace gets called he's uh he's got an apron on and he throws the apron on a on a female dummy and then has <laughs> to take off yeah. so that's what I have for low beams or high beams yep um yeah I mean that. That, uh, yeah, that, um, that about does it for that one. Let's go to the low beam. Oh, no, you don't. You're suffering double vision, partial paralysis, and fever. Matt, you'd be a danger to yourself and to the mission. The answer is no. Uh, well, if I can't play, I'll coach, Julio. Come in, Alex. 
Sector here. I used Dragonfly to rendezvous with the team while you were asleep, Matt. Hope you don't mind. I get benched and everyone deserts me. What's your ETA at Cape Canaveral? ETA, 15 minutes, and we have full clearance to land from the PNA. There's a pre-launch test run scheduled for the shuttle this afternoon. Perfect opportunity for mayhem. All right, turning on the low beams. Um, he's a lot... Matt is allowing them on the mission. Seriously. Worst father ever. And it gets worse later. Um, uh, the venomous snake bite would be the downfall of Matt Tracker. I actually thought he was going to die in this episode. Secretly hope more like it. But I actually thought he was going to die. Um, here's another animation glitch. They shot right at Rhino's tires. Yet it never they never go flat. Um, no, Scott, you cannot fly the Thunderhawk. Uh, and the, the PSA was no running around pools, which that, that's a good PSA. I don't mind that one so much. Yeah. Um, a better PSA though might've been to pay attention to your doctor's orders since, that's... since Matt wouldn't do that during the episode. That should have been a PSA. Um, you know, he mm -hmm. was a wreck. I, I like that, you know, he got bitten by this snake. I, I didn't think that was going to come into play during the episode, honestly. I mean, they're out there in the Everglades, and this snake comes along, and it does bite him, and, you know, it's poisonous, so he ends up spending a lot of time, you know, back at the mansion uh, before he decides that he's got to play the hero in this episode. Yeah. But uh, they, just, they just focused a lot on that one, and... I, I just didn't really see what the point of this episode was. I mean, it was good in the sense that they were going to give Alex a shot at leading the team and that there was some drama in, you know, whether Matt was going to pull through or not. But we have this other plot in the episode that just doesn't go anywhere. And then uh, what kind of cardboard would, would Venom use to create this mock-up of the space shuttle? I mean, that'd have to be some serious cardboard. <laughs> And they yeah. supposedly did a really good job because, uh, you know, Matt and Alex go out there and they're able to stand up in this thing, walk around in it, and it, it has some rudimentary gauges and things like that in it, right? I mean, it, they're probably just drawn on the cardboard, but it yeah. looks like it's actual size of a space shuttle. And it's out there in the Everglades and all the heat and humidity. It, it certainly wouldn't last very long out there. Oh no! Not not after opening the damn hatch twice. The, the 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 door to go into it, you know. Yeah. Um. No, it wouldn't have lasted. Uh. It just. It's just one of those things. Um. This episode, I liked it better than the other two. Um. I give it a three out of five. What about you? Okay. I'm giving this one a one. <laughs> just because I didn't understand what the point of it all was. It was, yes, like, again, it was good seeing, you know, that Alex put in charge and, and you know, we had some drama there with wondering what was going to happen with Matt, but that was that was really the, the whole point driving this episode, and there were just too many things just kind of thrown into it. This didn't make any sense. Yep, nope, not at all. 
So we are going to take a quick break, come back with uh, final thoughts and other stuff, and close the show after this. A brave new world that has such putzes in it. You know, kids, a lot has changed while your old Uncle Joker's been away. New Gotham, new rules, even a new Batman. It isn't 65 years in the future, but Legends of the Dark Knight has gone beyond. Batman beyond, that is. Ah, the new boy. Ears are too long and I miss the cape, but not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Join Steve and Mike as they delve into the remaining episodes of the podcast where they'll cover Batman Beyond, products, games, and more. Check it out only on geekcastradio.com. Pixels in the Animation is the Geekcast Radio Network's video game cartoon review show. We are covering every episode of nine different video game cartoons. Join TV's Mr. Neil and myself, TFG and Mike, as we trek through multiple Mario tunes, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Sonic, and we are also driving through Donkey Kong Country. Pixels in the Animation is 100 episodes of video game cartoon goodness, so tune in to help us find the Pixels in the Animation, which you can find every Wednesday on iTunes and www.geekcastradio.com. Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF John Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. Cooking with T-Bob. Ah, I can see it now. My own gourmet cooking show. Alright folks, just to recap, scores for this episode, I gave the first episode a 2, the second episode a 1, the third episode a 3, Tim gave a 4, a 2, and a 1. Um... We can't even talk about what we're expecting or what we'd like to see out of this series because, as we stated in the very beginning of this podcast episode, they're doing almost the same crap over and over and over again. There is zero character development for any of the characters. I I, I don't know. Any thoughts, any final thoughts, or anything you want to talk about uh, here? I like... Seeing some of the new characters again, it, it's it's yeah. too bad they're not developing those characters more. It is cool seeing new vehicles because you know even though the plots aren't aren't the best, um, this show does deserve deserve some credit for its beautiful animation and the good uh, designs on the vehicles and the models. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the animation is is very fluid a lot of times. Uh, you know, they're they're always going to have some episodes during. A lot of these older cartoon series where you have like your your C list or D list animators on it, and it's not going to look as fluid and as as nice. Um, but overall, I think uh, a lot of the episodes look good. Things are on model, and uh, so it it does provide for an interesting series to watch visually. Uh, <laughs> but as far as plots, we kind of know what to expect at this point. As you said, we're nearing. Well, yeah, we're nearing that. Well, that was actually 50 episodes now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've only got 15 more episodes in season one. 
Yeah. Yes, and uh, and so we know what to expect for this season. Next season, mm -hmm. maybe they'll change some things. I'm hoping so. I'm not expecting leaps uh, in in plots or anything, but maybe they'll bring in some new dynamics, do something different to make things a little more interesting. We can hope. And honestly, I didn't write any. the The only reason why this entire podcast, I didn't have any notes about the animation. Or the music was because I'm so used to hearing the musical themes now, uh, you know Scott and T Bob mm -hmm. and the general overall, you know general overall good guy theme. You, you know you have that the Venom theme, you have that. Very rarely do I hear the, the the instrumental version of the Mask theme when Mask is doing their thing against Venom um, animation. I, I'm so consumed with wanting more about these plots than what they actually are than I was to be able to look for an animation. I pointed out that one error about the, about Rhino's tires, but like, yeah, I, I, in general, I like the animation a lot. It's not that I don't, uh, it's just that I haven't seen anything cool enough for me to write down a good animation note on it. Yeah. And even big blockbusters, you know, they can look great, but that only goes so far after a while. You're just like, okay, you know, move, move along. There's, there's, it looks pretty, but you need story to go along with it. And really, honestly, I would take uh, something that doesn't have as good of animation, but has a much stronger story. And you're right. The I actually uh, was going to mention that as well as the music in the series is good. Um, of course, the theme song is incredible, but even even the series music, um, the different mm -hmm. themes for uh, the teams and, and all, that's all very good. I think. Absolutely. So we are going to go ahead and close this one out because there's not much else to say. Thank you for joining us here on Mass Mayhem. There are some ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on this and all our other posts. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Put in the subject line, Mass Mayhem, and the episode number. So for this one, it be Mass Mayhem episode 20. Uh, leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. We are back. L give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow at Geekcast Radio for all the network updates. Follow me, TFGO, and Mike. What is your Twitter? Tunemaster Tim. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name, 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mask Mayhem and wish you'll join us next time when we'll be covering three more episodes from Mask Season 1, those being Dragonfire, the Royal Carpet Caper, and the Patchwork Puzzle. For now, I am TFG and Mike with Toon Master Tim. Thank you for listening. Until next time, podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.